M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. Is there something you know that we don't know? Is someone coming for our pussies? This is m That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever said. Oh, I didn't think of that. Fuck, that's what I've been getting wrong. And just remember, if it's too fatty, just heat it up. You're in m If that's not in a promo somewhere, I don't want to live anymore. Hello? Hello and welcome. <laughs> no way. I kind of say it like I'm entering your house and just, hello, you who, you home? Anyone here, Sam, just popping in? I would never. I want you to know, I would never just pop in. I do not believe in the pop in. If I, I mean, I pretend I'm not home if people pop in. I need a two-day run up to a pop in. So if you're planning on popping in, I need two days notice, okay? You don't even know what. There will be dogweed on the floor. There will be unflushed toilets. There will be washing everywhere. There will be two mornings worth of breakfast. I need to be able to have time to pretend my house looks stunningly spotless clean like a display home before you just pop in. And then when I open the door, I will say to you, oh, God, the house is a mess. Just ignore the mess. Come in. And there you will eat the perfectly prepared platter that I just throw together and nothing in the fridge. I'm a Ristos surprise, surprise chef. Anyway, welcome to Emsolation. My name is M. Rossiano. I am your spiritual guide. Or spiritual guide, even. Who am I? I'm a comedian. I'm a writer. I'm a broadcaster. I'm a business lady. I'm a mum. I'm a maximalist power queen. And I'm here for you. Thank you very much for choosing us. I love it. I love that you choose us. It's a strange old ep today, I gotta tell you. I have spent the weekend on the couch. I have some strange stomach affliction. I feel really kind of sick and I'm not going to bore you with the details. It's not good. I have no appetite. None. I can't. I can. I, I went two days with only drinking water and I've started eating saladas today. I'm not pregnant. Totally not because you have to do something else to do that. And there is none of that happening. <sighs> Too tired, guys. And uh, I co-sleep with Elio. So nope, I'm not pregnant. So um, I've had a lot of time on the couch consuming pop culture. And normally Michael and I only talk about three things, but there are six areas of conversation today. Obviously, we discussed the announcement that Emma Wiggle is engaged. Oh, my God. Thank you for restraining from tagging me in the announcement. A lot of you DM'd me the news, but, of course, I was across it. I was obsessed. I'm so obsessed. So we talk about that. Today's episode was marred with technical, technical, I can't say this and I couldn't say it when it was happening, technical difficulties. I'm trying to get to the word difficulty fast so I don't say technical. We had to stop and start four times. Here's a little bit where we're trying to figure out the delay. Answer this question as soon as you hear it. Okay. You haven't asked a question. You You're just issued an order. You just wasn't a question. That was the question. Oh, we're, this is the podcast. All right, okay, okay. What what is my middle name? What is your middle name? <gasps> oh, for fuck's sake! Hang on, no, 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 wait. Are I, you joking? I, I, no, wait, wait, wait. Is your grandmother's name? Is it? No, it's Rachel. Oh. Fine. What is Madonna's? What is Madonna's middle name? Veronica. I know that. <laughs> Louise, it's isn't it Madonna? Isn't oh, it Madonna Ma- Louise? Veronica is her confirmation name. Okay, I think I have delays. Okay, fine. Oh god, right. I hope this all goes in the podcast. All right, here we go. I mean, yeah, he knew Madonna's middle name. Anyway, he kind of got it wrong. He knew Madonna's middle name, but not mine, which is Rachel, by the way, my auntie, not my grandmother. So this show was cobbled together. It's <sighs> well done to Andy, our editor. 
and we've got lovely Ben on board producing. You guys all know Ben from my radio days. We've been we've been pals and peas in a pod for well over a decade. So finally, thanks to the patron members, actually, I've brought him on board. You guys are paying his salary. You're bloody great, the patrons. If you want to be an Emsolation patron, basically just means you pay like five bucks a month, cup of coffee, really, and it helps me keep the light on at the podcast. Keep the lights on. Jeez, I'm struggling to talk. It's the lack of food. So, uh, yeah, hello to Ben. It's his first step. But he's also been writing all the podcast descriptions, you know. The team's growing. Now, you've all been asking about my big news <laughs> for the podcast. I can't, I really, I'm so, so sorry. It's so annoying. We're at the final stage of the contracts. I'm signing off on them today. My manager, Nick, said you are not to mention it yet until we have signed on the dotted line. But I can assure you next week, episode four, we will lead with the very exciting announcement about your favourite or second favourite podcast it's, um, I've really built it up. It's, it's good. It's big. It's not as big as the build up that started in November because I thought I'd be able to announce it in February. That's okay. It'll be worth it. <laughs> all right. I'm going to get to it because it's a long old episode, which you guys have all asked for, which is fine. Thanks for being here. Oh God, I'm so like, just need to breathe. It's been a really crazy morning. Elio got up at 3.30. This kid sits up at 3.30 in the morning, looks at me and he goes, Momos? That's what he calls breakfast. And I looked at him and I said, are you shitting me? You want Momos at 3.30? Momos? Momos, mum, mum, mum. And he watches Bluey so much, he says, mum, like this, you know, the opening theme song, and dad. So, mum, Momos. So I got up at 3.30 and I made a Vegemite toast and put it in a Tupperware container and he lay down next to me and ate a full piece of Vegemite toast just while singing songs, singing some Frozen songs. So that was my morning. So I've been up since then. I'm not caffeinated because, oh, my God, if I had coffee, I'd, I just, I'd, look, I mentioned my bowel a lot today because obviously that's been forefront of my mind. Oh, God, I'm rambling. All right, love you. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. All right, well, I welcome Michael Lucas in. And Michael, before we even start, we have to issue a correction from last week's episode. Oh, no. Don't tell me how yeah. rigorous accuracy <laughs> procedures have come unstuck. I know. I got all these bloody messages from M. Salators going, oh, no, you were wrong about Britney. And I'm like, guys, you're sending these messages assuming we do a lot of research. <laughs> Basically none. <laughs> what, and so, what, pray tell, were we wrong about? Uh, we incorrectly stated that she'd seen the documentary and spent weeks crying about it when, in fact, she explicitly said she had not seen the documentary but of the bits she'd observed through kind of osmosis those in turn made her sad about the way she was portrayed. So that was what we, and I can't tell you the hundreds of messages we got from vigilant Britney fans. <laughs> no, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I yes. support their defense of Britney. <laughs> I oh, think the vigilant Britney fan is on the right side of history and I'm happy to acknowledge our mistake. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to acknowledge it, but also... Oh, please don't go back and fact check anything else we've done on any other episode, guys. We f- we fly wild and loose, and it's a weekly podcast. Anything can happen, and we can't exactly come back on air the next day and go, "Sorry, guys, we fucked up." Like, it's just just go with it, mate. And this is the future of journalism. <laughs> just go with it. 
<laughs> the future. I think it's what it is right now. Jesus Christ. Now, we have a lot to get through. Normally, we only decide on three topics, but I've come in with six and I'm not letting any of them go. So I'm going to let you go first. Speaking of letting no. things go. Pam hasn't been oh. well this weekend. And when she's in bed and like basically she can't, if she's not able to eat food, she just consumes pop culture gossip instead. And that has sustained her and she's topped mm. up mm. and ready to purge. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, so what do you, you yes. tell us about your weekend? I saw Frozen. Like that's the big ticket item. I went to Sydney. I donned a mask. I went to the Capitol Theatre. It's my first post-pandemic theatre experience, me and quite a few hundred very, very excited teenage, not teenage, actually younger than that. Everything from a toddler to a tween was in attendance. A toddler, a tween, and a few gays such as myself. Oh, and, like, well, I want to ask you, before you give your verdict, I really want to take Elio because he is in full frozen obsession like has to watch it holding the ice horse you gave me for Christmas and <clears throat> holding Elsa while wearing his Elsa leggings. So proud. Yeah. So what do you think for him? Because he can sit through both movies back to back. I'm not going to tell you how I know that. Oh, 100% yes. Like, I mean, okay, like, can't miss, can't miss. Essentially it's, okay, it's Elsa and what's her sister's name? Anna. Anna. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, it's them. There's the snowman. There's the songs. I mean, what else do you need to know? But I, for me, Frozen is... Basically, the entire show comes down to one particular moment, which is, of course, let it go. And for me, it's one moment within that moment, which is the dress reveal in Let It Go. And I don't, I don't know whether you're familiar, but there have been some failed dress reveals. And for what? me, oh yeah, for me, there's one particular one that is, it is on YouTube and there is, I don't know why, but there is nothing funnier than a failed dress reveal. And there's one, just look it up on YouTube. There's one time where, and she, this woman is given it all. And basically she pulled some cord that I think is meant to like a parachute, just turn into the frozen dress and it doesn't. And instead what happens is it busts out just in her front. So it looks like she's got a massive bulbous belly. And, but she does not drop a note. And then she just wrestles with it, wrestles with it, wrestles with it, gets it out. So basically, clearly Disney has had to put some engineering know-how into getting the dress reveal right for the Broadway version of, of Frozen. I think it's basically, it's an engineering challenge. I'm not going to say it's up there with the moon landing, but it's pretty impressive <laughs> entertainment wise. And I was just holding my breath for that. And all I can say is, Astounding. I, I, don't, I do not know what happened. And subsequently, I've been back on YouTube and I've watched the dress reveal. I've watched it in slow motion. I have no idea what happens. All I can say is she's in, she's standing there in some sort of dark cloak dress, which doesn't look like it's, it looks pretty tight. Like it doesn't look like it's hiding a lot. And then yeah. she flings her arms back and it just like, it, it evaporates. I can't, I can't even, you can't even see it disappear. It just sort of <sighs> flies off her. And then she's got this perfect sparkly silver evening gown. <laughs> And then she continues singing. And the hair. Oh, oh, and the then, hair, comes oh, the hair out, yeah. it does, but that's a separate move in this one. Like she oh. sort of physically lets it out. But I, I feel like that's justifiable. I'm sure I don't doubt that they have de Disney has developed the technology to do that too. <gasps> oh no, Elsa does that. Like she does it in two movements. So it's let it go. And she rips out her hair and it becomes a beautiful side braid that happens after she does the stomp, you know? So uh, yeah. it is all quite she does do it herself in the movie. But I mean, I can't wait to see what they do with Frozen 2 because the costume changes for Elsa are phenomenal. And it's when we see a glamorous pantsuit. 
and quite frankly, and also the, <laughs> the beginnings of the lesbian relationship with the magical um, lady in the in the Enchanted Forest. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to them kind of maybe taking that a bit further. So I'm really glad it lived up. And did you get like full body chills when it happened? Yeah. I mean, the whole crowd screamed. It was Gemma Ricks who famously was an alpha bar. Oh, and so, you know, yes. she can hit every note. And, of course, in the movie it finally ends with that sort of quieter, the cold never bothered me anyway. But then in this yeah. one, of course, yeah. no, it'd be, it's a crescendo. The cold never bothered me. And then she goes up about 800 Ks for the final I note. Know. And anyway, I know. but basically, yeah. I mean, that moment is so overwhelming and exciting. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I was present for the rest of the show, but there was no way anything <laughs> else could match up once you've had the dress reveal. And basically I was yeah. sitting there the whole time going, I don't even know what I witnessed. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know how she made that change. All I know is it was flawless. Hats off. So, yeah, oh. I got my money's worth with that. Great review. Well, it's coming to Melbourne soon too. I'm really excited. I'm very excited to take Elio. And I mean, I'll probably cry the whole way through, as I did cry through Frozen 2. And for those of you coming to my comedy festival show this weekend, I um, do sing some Frozen songs, which we've not seen at the bowl. Actually, it's pretty much a whole new show, if I'm being honest, because we've been watching so much Frozen. So I've got some new thoughts on the whole movie, actually. I'm really (laughs) obsessed with Elsa's lesbian relationship. Like, I really want it to happen. They'll be such a stunning couple. I can't even tell you. I want to show you something. May I? You know air, fire, water, and earth. Yes. But look, there's a fifth spirit. I just want everyone to know we are having massive technical difficulties. (laughs) She can't even speak. Technical difficulties. Like, this will be our fourth go at it, and I can't, my head is exploding. And there was, uh, also, there's been so much pop culture. Oh, my God. Emma, the yellow wiggle. She's the girl with the boy. Emma Wiggle is engaged to Oliver Bryan, a.k.a. the fairy-winged banjo player from The Wiggles. <laughs> the latest chapter in the saga that you have been following for, isn't it? It's like the best part of the past decade, right? You've been tracking this. Oh, yeah. It's, ah, uh, no. No, I don't think so. I think maybe, like, since Elio was born, I've been back on deck. I I really wasn't aware of what was going on during the period of kind of the changeover. Like there was a changeover with Jeff and Murray and they all kind of left. Mm. And then when I tuned back in, I realised it was a whole new crew. Now, I did interview the Wiggles, the two of them, when they were married and that was before Elio was born. And that was the first time I was kind of being introduced to Lockie and Emma. And I'll never forget, Lockie started in the wrong key. And Emma was just fireballing him for the rest of the interview. Like, she was so mad. So, like, it was an interesting dynamic. But so everyone who listens knows, uh, I talk about it all the time, I have enormous respect for the Wiggles. I think Anthony Wiggle is incredible, the founder, the starter, Blue Wiggle. He's also going through enormous health struggles that I had no idea about till I watched his insight. I love them. This is all said with love and genuine affection and slash obsession. Well done to Emma and Lockie for being the most functioning divorced couple on the face of the planet because clearly as soon as I saw her announcement and she announced it, Michael, on her private Instagram account, on her Emma Watkins page, not on her Emma Wiggle page. She has two separate pages. Are you on the private account? 
Oh, it's not private. It's public, but it's her, like, oh, as in her. Oh, oh, it's not her persona. It's not her Wiggles no. persona. It's, it's the real herself. Emma. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's a girl about town, man. She loves some Irish dancing. And she announced it with a picture of her in the ring and Oliver was next to her and she's written, when life gets a little more sparkly. So as soon as I saw it, I was on Lachlan Comment Watch. I was <laughs> refreshing. <laughs> Refresh every four <laughs> to five seconds. It just became like people were trying to send me ticket sales and important information. Elio was trying to, like, get me to do things. I was like, no, I need to see Lachlan's response to this photo. And sure enough, underneath, a bunch of purple hearts and Lachlan's written, I love you both. <gasps> wow. <gasps> I, I, I need to know what sort of time frame. How long from since when you first noticed it to how long oh, did he it wait? Was not long. It was not long. So, so it's we're not like, even talking about twenty four hours or anything like that. It was like we're no. talking hours, under hours, minutes. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, here it is. Here it is. Because uh, I want to get my facts right in case anyone wants to fact check the podcast. Lucky Wiggle, uh, purple love heart, purple love heart, purple love heart. Love you guys, and then three more purple love hearts. Then underneath, Emma has responded with. Prayer hands, prayer hands, white heart, prayer hands, mm. prayer hands. What does white heart mean? Am I looking too deeply into this? Why didn't she do a yellow heart? What? What's a white heart? Is that sympathy? Is, isn't a white rose a sympathy rose? So is a white heart a sympathy heart? Yes, or white doves are the colour of peace. Maybe it's peace. A, maybe, <gasps> or maybe it's like wedding dress. I don't know. I think it's important that we read every possible meaning into it, though. I'm obsessed. But I why just... would you go a yellow heart? Why was that your go-to? Because she's a yellow wiggle. Oh. <laughs> and he's done purple hearts. He's always on brand, Lockie. He never breaks character. I'm really impressed by it. <laughs> <laughs> and I want you to know... I want to first of all thank all of my followers who restrained from tagging me and instead DM'd me the announcement and DM'd me. I got no less than 200 screenshots of the of the response and I'm like, oh, I already know I've been watching for it. But everyone <laughs> was just waiting. So here is my response to the announcement. I think it's bloody amazing. Obviously, Lockie's gone off and married the Wiggle ballerina, Dana, and they've had twins. Obviously. And uh, Simon, the Red Wiggles, had a baby recently with one of the Dorothy the Dinosaurs. And now Emma is engaged to the Wiggles banjo player. So... I mean, it is an achievement. They need to, and you know what? It's a big problem in the world at the moment, polarisation. The Wiggles are a living example of how to yes. get through it. We, they should, I hope they're touring America. They should go to red and blue states and go, let us show you how it's done. White heart emoji. Oh, my God, I'm obsessed. Anyway, well done. I love how you're like, please don't tag me on the Instagram. I mean, I will privately record an entire podcast about the whole dilemma. But yeah. God forbid I'm exposed on the gram. I just feel like I just don't want to ever offend any of the Wiggles because they give me so much relief and joy because my child genuinely loves them and when, when I need to get some work done, I can plonk him down and he learns dances. I never want them to think that this is coming from any place of malice. I don't ever want to be blocked by any of them because I live for their Instagram posts. This is a genuine stan podcast for Absolutely. the Wiggles. And Just- furthermore, I think one thing I know about you is if Scott announced his engagement to another person, there would not be prayer hands emoji and a white heart. There would be a response. <laughs> there would be several responses. It'd be like atomic bomb, dagger, fire, 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 <laughs> broken bike. 
Somehow it would be both a long game and a short game. <laughs> missing persons report. What's the emoji for missing person? <laughs> Mysterious sex. You're pulling me onto the Russian hackers. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Oh, it's just the anonymous emoji. Whatever. Do they have one? <laughs> Is there an emoji for watch your back sleep with one eye open? <laughs> I mean, the last time Scott tried to leave me, I wrote a whole show about it and performed it in my wedding dress next to my father. So, but like, historically, I do take it well. You do. There'd be all of that, plus you'd be going for some Wendy Deng, just casual pictures on a beach with a hot young model. Jack oh. Stratton-Smith would be will. Oh, no, Scott we've, would know. Yes. That's not real. No, no, you'd we'd, we'd to have to find someone. someone. Yeah, we'd Plausible. have to find another hot Young gay could be a straight guy. Oh, gross! That Scott doesn't know he's gay. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd probably have to hire like a whole PR firm to stage the comeback, the revenge bod, the whole thing. Oh, I've never been fitter than when I was first separated. To be honest, took up boxing. It was really like I was really living my best life. <laughs> Emotionally wrecked, but physically dazzling. Physically, it's like six. <laughs> Congrats, not Emma Wiggle. Not that there's anything wrong with the size I am now, and congrats, Emma Wiggle. Now, big news also that the Emsolators were on to me about. They're on to me about the Wiggles, and they were also on to me about the fact that the Duke is not returning to Bridgerton for season two, which comes out next week. What? Yes! said all but a few words to me. In order to keep myself from saying the wrong things. Barely been able to look me in the eye. Because I could not bear witness to the misery I have caused you. Season two really? of Bridgerton is like coming out next week. Jesus. I know. Apparently they filmed it all in one hit. Oh, I see. <sighs> I'm, so, I'm so, yeah, so that's exciting. But I think that's why they dropped the news this week because they didn't want a bunch of horny women jumping on next week to Netflix and sitting around going, where the fuck is the Duke? Where is Simon? Why am I not seeing Simon? Well, well I why. only watched his scenes. So, <laughs> I mean, the entire reason for Bridgerton to exist. Really? Yeah. So I've started rewatching Bridgerton season one, obviously in preparation for season two, and just really it just gives it a different sheen now that I do know that the narrator is Julie Andrews and... <gasps> That. <laughs> I know who Lady Whistleton is. Seriously, I honestly think most people got that from the first syllable. That was amazing that no, you never picked it. I was distracted by the Duke. But everyone's like, what's the point? What's the point if there's no Duke? But for those people who have read the book, they're all like, yeah, we know you fucking Johnny-come-latelys. He's barely in the books from now on. It's all about the eldest brother finding love. That's what this becomes about, finding a dowager's. So we focus around the Bridgerton and I suspect there's going to be a biracial, another biracial love situation as well, which, which is, this show is so great for because obviously that was not happening in the day, in the times that it was set. But um, I'm predicting, he's, I'm predicting there's going to be more uh, modern love, which is good. I wonder if they had not filmed it back to back and if they'd known the reaction it was going to get, whether they would have deviated from the books. Because I do remember, like, Walking Dead was based on a massive comic book series mm. and what happened in that one was characters would get popular on the TV show and so they'd be like, oh, can't kill them off. And so, like, as more and more seasons happened, the, the TV show just completely divorced itself from the books because they couldn't kill the favourite characters. So will yes. they bring him back? Nah, they've already filmed it. <laughs> well, no, they can't. No, obviously they can't this season. I reckon they'll be watching, and if the hits for Bridgerton start to go down, just a dump truck of money will be driven up to that actor's Pretty place. Pretty much. Come but back. I get... <laughs> but I think that they know that they have to replace them. Like, if they take out man meat, they've got to put more man meat in. Like, I feel like Never Fear 
thirsty ladies of Bridgerton. I feel like we're going to get another man. Like, they're gonna, there's going to be someone else for us to think about it late at night. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, but, you know... The first cut is the deepest. It can be <laughs> it can be hard. Those people that keep actually no, I was gonna say on, on Offspring, for example, except the weird thing, Dr. Patrick was not the first man. He was it was he came after Don Honey. So sometime, yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe yeah. they've yet to unveil their Dr. Patrick equivalent. I mean, I can't even imagine how anyone could be actually more handsome and attractive than what they had. He's so hot. Like, I was watching him again. I only watch the episodes when they get together at the end and their night at the end. Like, I'm only watching specific episodes, obviously. <laughs> Why don't you just say sex scenes? You can. I I'm mean, just watching. No, but also the bits where their hands accidentally touch. And, like, okay. when they go out into the garden at the ball and he kisses her and then, oh, and then he's got a jewel and then she stops the jewel and just, like, the hand-selected bits, the super cup. Yeah. So, so I'm so excited. I'm so excited for season two. And don't worry, I'll be talking about it. So make sure you're watching it, guys. <laughs> um, now, before you go, I've saved my favourite till last. I'm completely obsessed with Tom Hanks' wayward son, Chet. Mm. I'm sorry, Wilson. Wilson, I'm sorry. I love him so much. <laughs> so think about Tom Hanks as a person. Like, how would you describe him, Michael? He's oh, like America's dad. He's modern-day Jimmy Stewart. He's yeah. he's just the most, he's warm, he's stable, he's reliable, he's the warm blanket of the movie industry that has just been there our whole lives. But he's not annoying because he's still funny and self-aware. Yes. And yes. you just imagine that he would raise the most well-balanced children <laughs> on the face of the earth and the most self-aware. He's got beautiful marriage to Rita Wilson. <laughs> Yes, well, one of his sons is what you would expect. Like, pretty much he's just Tom Jr. Colin, he's an actor and looks exactly like Tom, all the things. And then they've got Chet, Chester, uh, who is basically, imagine if Kid Rock and Roseanne procreated. It's pretty much (laughs) how I can get across the energy that Chet has. Now, he is a tattooed aspiring rapper and... You guys were first introduced to him when we talked about, for some reason, at the Golden Globes, when his father was being presented with the Cecil B. DeMille Lifetime Achievement Award, he decided to do a live stream from the red carpet and talk in a Jamaican accent. Oh, what a moment. Big up, big up the whole island, massive. It's your boy Chetana coming straight from the Golden Globes, you know what I'm saying? Me, see me father Tom Hanks presenting in a watch soon forward come. Big up, tune in. Okay, so... Fine. Um, he is a rapper, which we should point out. And um, now, most recently, he put up an Instagram video where he declared that 2021 was going to be white boy summer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just and also remind ourselves that we're at, you know, racial tensions in America for the past 12 months have been pretty much a boiling point. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been, America's had a bit of a problem, as have most colonised countries, with white supremacy, mm-hmm. and it's really mm-hmm. been in a tipping point. It's not, I wouldn't say, yeah, there's a bit of tone deafness. <laughs> but Chet tried to clarify. He's like, no, no, I don't mean, like, race or, like, you know, I mean, like, me. I'm going to have a big summer. I can just feel it. I'm like, No. No, you've just declared White Boy Summer. And then it went further and I found out, Michael, that White Boy Summer is a feature-length film that he has shot that is going to be out in a couple weeks. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my God. And it's just I almost feel a bit sick because I know 100% I'm watching that film. I'm watching every single second of it, and I presume it's terrible. I presume it's offensive. I'm I'm just riveted by it. So if you're Tom Hanks at this point, right, what the fuck do you do? Tom has been dead silent on Chet. Tom loyal. hasn't commented on Chet. He hasn't done anything to... It's to... his kid. Like, is Tom going to front up to the red carpet of White Boy Summer? Is this what's going to happen? <laughs> I just... Chet's origin, it's so fascinating. I feel like ultimately when we are contemplating the question of nature versus nurse, he's a fascinating case study because did that persona of the rapper just emerge out of him? And also how can he not see that, I mean... There's almost no greater privilege to be born into than the Hanks family, you'd have to say. Like, I mean, they live... Tom Hanks was earning $30 million a movie at one point. He is unbelievably privileged. Rap has tended to emerge from, you know, minority cultures that are really battling against... ...on the wrong side of societal power. So for him to crown himself a rapper... What? What happened at conception? For me, what the fuck happened with that sperm and egg? Something went down. What music was playing? (laughs) Was she drunk? Was Tom's sperm, did like somehow their genetics mixed very, very, it was like when I have like a boiled egg and black coffee straight after, it is a explosion in my bowels. It's like the human equivalent of eggs and coffee, that kid. I don't know what happened. Because it doesn't make sense with the two parents he has and his siblings. I'm obsessed, as you can tell. Yeah, and also, like, I just need to understand the conversations between the parents and the child. But uh, but we'll never find out. So you're Tom, right? You're Tom. Tom doesn't really understand the internet because he's a boomer. So Tom's like, oh, going, oh, God, Rita, Rita, what's this Instagram? The fuck is a white boy summer? Rita! Rita's like, oh, fuck. What are we going to do? And then they've got to call Chet and Chet's got to come over and they've got to have like a family fucking meeting and Chet doesn't give a fuck about what Tom and Rita think. This kid is wild. Oh. It's also, I think why it's so amazing is because Tom Hanks is one of the rare celebrities that has, I almost can't, I can't think of one misstep that he has no made. Scandals. No, nothing. I agree. Nothing. nothing. Over decades and decades and decades. And, and often wading into... I mean, he 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 played uh, a gay man dying of AIDS in Philadelphia, which these days is maybe a little bit questionable. But at the time, he was just beloved for it. He's he's yes. managed to navigate every situation, and even when he got COVID, his messages about that were perfectly judged. Like he is so mm. warm and self-aware. How have those qualities just been completely missed in the next generation? Amazing. I'm. Obsessed, obviously. So we will be feverishly awaiting the release of White Boy Summer and reviewing it with as much enthusiasm as we reviewed Lil Nas X's film clip last week because I'm predicting, I'm smelling, I'm smelling the Golden Globe. I can't wait. <laughs> he hasn't given us a synopsis or any sort of information, just that it's coming out real soon and it's a feature-length film. So I couldn't even tell you the basic plot line. Don't care. Probably doesn't even have one. <laughs> Oh, it it could be an hour and a half long Insta story. I mean, like it really could be. 
And I, you know what? I would still watch. <laughs> Me too. I just want to hear what Tom thinks. I just want to know. Imagine Christmas. Imagine Christmas with those people. It's just good to know, no matter how rich, wealthy, affluent, talented you are, there's still a dodgy member of the family you're embarrassed about, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, oh, my God, I think we got through this. Yeah, we got through it. All right. God, that was, I don't remember much of it, but we covered a lot. We <laughs> did. <laughs> You're still recovering from illness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't eaten much. That's okay. I'll get back. <laughs> Dad just tried to offer me some coffee and bacon. I'm like, do you not? Why don't Italians understand? Anyway, that's another podcast. Um, <laughs> I said, do you want me to shit in your chair right now? Is that what you want? Jeez, there's been a lot of talk of bowels this episode. You can tell where my brain's been at. I really can. Yeah, I know. Well, All right, I'm going to go. Get better and stock up him. on more popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Four-hour podcast coming your way. All right, bye. Bye. This is Emsolation. That's it. That's all for the episode. Thank you very much for listening. Obviously, your homework is to go and obsessively check out Chet Hanks. And I'm now going to go and watch the video that Michael talked about where the costume breaks on the Elsa performer. (laughs) We've all got homework. We've all got things on. Hey, this weekend, if you're in Melbourne, I'm performing at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. There's still some tickets available to both nights if you'd like to come. I think there's like three tickets left for Saturday night, but there's 100 left for Friday night. So if you'd like to come along, uh, just go to my Instagram, at Emrociano, and the details are all there. It'll be great. It's going to be great. It's the last time I'm performing live in Melbourne this year. It'd be nice to have some podcast pals there. Michael Lucas will be there under threat of death. Joking, but he will be there. So, um, yeah, come along if you're in Melbourne. I put a lot of work into this show just for the Melbourne crowd. If you came to the Live at the Bowl show, it will be a bit different. <laughs> Less kind of pyrotechnics and over-the-topness. I've also put a new Frozen song in, some new jokes. But, yeah, don't expect that. Oh, there's a dog coming in. Hi, bunny dog. All right, I better go. I'm at mum and dad's. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Big news. Yay. Hi, come to my show.